0: Hello and welcome back to the We Need Therapy podcast. This week, we discuss what items we are packing when we're heading to a deserted island. We share some of our funny travel anecdotes and stories.
1: And we discuss Josh's upcoming trip to Germany.
0: As always, thank you for listening. Please leave us a review and like us on whatever platform you're listening to and spread the word out about our podcast. Tell your families and friends.
1: Yeah, share the love. So this weekend, I'm going to Basement Jack's.
0: Is that a club or...
1: No, it's a band from maybe like early 2000s. They used to sing that song like, Where's your head At?" Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, you can
0: stop singing now. I think every last five episodes you've been singing. I know. I've done a little
1: um, cameo. We don't need more complaints. It's the one with the music video with the monkeys smashing the TVs. It was like one of the big... Oh,
0: is that the Cadbury gorilla Mm. playing the drums?
1: I don't think it's that no? one. It's a different one.
0: But it was one of those
1: ones like back on Rage in the day. You'd know that film clip. It was a big one. Um, so, yeah, I'm seeing them in Cottesloe. They're doing like a island-type festival, which is a bit weird because Cottesloe is part of the mainland. So <laughs> I'm not sure what's <laughs> happening. There. Are they?
0: Do they have a big folly?
1: Uh, I think they were like one of the big bands. like, you know, like Green Day? Yeah. They were kind of around that time yeah. and they, yeah. I reckon they would have had a following like that. They were huge, yeah. but maybe in 2023, like it's probably a bit past that It time. sounds
0: like this is similar to that band that you saw the other weekend, which is like... Oh,
1: Furnace and the Fundamentals. Yeah, the
0: over 55s kind of vibe.
1: Do you know what I'm thinking? Our listeners are going to think I'm really into music and gigs, right? Yeah, well th- I, I'm not. I, I can honestly count on my hand how many times I've been to a live music in yeah, the this last is like, 10 years. like oh,
0: twice in 2 weeks.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm a lot cooler than I am, that I, I sound a lot cooler than I actually am. I
0: don't think there's any chance of that.
1: <laughs> Cuz do you go to live music gigs?
0: Yeah, every now and again, maybe two or three a year. Yeah, yeah. I well, was, um, I'm very mainstream.
1: Well, you're like, when I talk about straight friends that go to live music, people, if that, that comes into the conversation, I always bring up you because I'm like, oh, Josh goes to live music. He yeah. goes to like, what is it called? Um, in Fremantle where they used to have that. Social. Yeah, that one, and then, like, Laneway? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, all of that. I don't know any about... Like, I don't know any of the names of yeah. those concerts anymore, but yeah, I feel like yeah. you're always going to
0: them. I just I love music. I love live gigs. I love just
1: feeling alive. What is it about the the concert experience that kind of gets you interested?
0: Yeah, good question. I think it is... For me, and this is really lame because I'm going to speak from an OT and sensory point of view. Fuck,
1: here we go. Uh, Someone get a handwriting assessment out. (laughs) Fuck my life.
0: But I think for me, like I'm just very stimulated by auditory input, which is probably why I love podcasting. I love the sound of my own voice. But music for something hits me and makes me feel very regulated. So to be in an environment where it's live music, it almost is like I can feel it in my body. Is that just how loud the speakers are? Like you can
1: literally feel it in your body, they Probably. shake you to your core. But it's just
0: something about that environment,
1: like <laughs> instrument. Like, oh my god, I feel something, <laughs> like emotionally and physically.
0: <laughs> I'm so numb otherwise. <laughs> but it, yeah, I don't know. It's the excitement. It's the people I go with. Okay,
1: so um, it connects with you on another spiritual like, level. Level. I wasn't gonna say spiritual. level. Should we go to sound healing again? <laughs> fuck me. They got, how much was it? 50 bucks off me once, never again. Let's not backtrack over that. (laughs) Anyway, what's happening for you this weekend?
0: Um, Well, big news, hot off the press. The other night I got accepted into a uni course in Germany.
1: Oh, I heard this. Yeah,
0: I am leaving you I, yes, I know. Which is, I know it's not the first time those words have been said to you oh, this
1: year. <laughs> oh my God. That was fucking <laughs> savage. Wait, But I just need another person to come in and tell me exactly the same thing at the same time. <laughs> oh my God. If you can't hate on yourself, <laughs>
0: I'm heartbroken.
1: Yes. So I knew you were going to Germany, but you're finally telling our listener. We just have one that you're going. Hey, I'm telling
0: your mum. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it, it's something that a lot of my close friends know, but it's not something that I've told many people. But yeah, in four months' time, I will be jet setting off to Europe and will be spending twelve months abroad, which is that is really so, exciting. That is so
1: exciting. I, I like. I, I still can't believe you're doing it.
0: Mm, I can't believe it either. It's all becoming a bit real.
1: Well, I can't believe that your ADD brain had an idea and managed to follow it through <laughs> to fruition. Well,
0: to be fair, this, this started, like, what, six years ago? Yeah, As long as like you've it. known me.
1: I, as I Literally, as long as I've known you, which is f- four or five years now, you have been talking about going to Europe for a summer.
0: Yeah, and it's just different countries, different time periods. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because you wanted to live in London for a bit, didn't you?
0: I wanted to live in London, yeah, but I dramatically changed my mind after going... To the UK last year.
1: So thoughts on London in general?
0: Thoughts on London? Well, I, I've only been to London once and it was it was great, but it just it's too many people for me. Very yeah. overwhelming.
1: Yeah. We went uh, in August last year, very expensive city. And I know that that's like people know that, but I don't know. I, I hadn't been to London for almost a decade. And when I got back on the ground, even just paying for things like going out for dinner with a couple of people, I found like the prices were the same in pounds as they were in dollars. Like you'd go out and pay $80 for two people and I realised that was 80 pounds. Times two, yeah.
0: so fucking expensive, Mm. that city. Maybe that's why people from the UK are so miserable.
1: Mm, I think that's the weather.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I must say, like I said that as a joke, but the reason why I divvied away from basing myself in the UK was when I went to Manchester last year, middle of summer, the only time, that whole trip that I wore long like a jumper and pants in the mm. middle of summer mm. and you'd have rain randomly mm. come through for an hour. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I couldn't do that lifestyle.
1: You know, same. So we were in London in August, heat wave. It was still overcast, even though it was hot. It was just not a nice feeling. The city is so muggy. It's just, mm. I don't know. It's
0: the opposite of here, right? Basically. Yeah. Pretty much. Blue skies. Mm. Dry heat, that kind of thing. Except, yeah, and people here are more fun.
1: Oh, my God. We've alienated a lot of listeners. Do we have any listeners in London? I think we've got a few in the UK. Have you checked the listens uh, recently, like, to see what kind of countries, and you can even go into cities as well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw we had a couple of listens in Nepal.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know anyone in Nepal? No. we have uh after australia i think the u.s is the next biggest country which has quite a few and i think some of them come from me when i did my travel i know some of the guys on the the cruise ship from atlantis listen Mm. um i know i've
0: got a friend there abby that listens oh
1: there we go okay so we're gonna go are we going global in america do you think we should do like a global tour (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, there's a lot of things politically going on in America right now, which we probably shouldn't go into. Well,
1: yeah, we shouldn't go anywhere near a controversial topic. We no. just moments from being cancelled.
0: Let's just stay missionary, like keep it really basic.
1: <laughs> That's always the way for you, isn't it? <laughs> um, so just speaking about travel and stuff, we thought we would talk a little bit about some of our experiences because, you know, that moment when you, you're travelling, it's so much fun, you come back to reality And I don't know, I feel like when you are, um, when you're reflecting or when you're thinking about those travel memories, they're just, I don't know, they always seem so much funnier, so much better, so much more colourful. So yeah, I thought we'd kind of explore some of them today.
0: Yeah. And I think the craziest thing about travel, and I know we've talked about it before, is that you have, you know, two weeks or a month of just really amazing times, really cool experiences but you come back to your own life and reality and everyone's just like, yeah, cool. I wasn't there.
1: Yes. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, oh, but I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And it's like, they don't even care.
0: Yeah. So we're going to do that right now about our travel experiences. Yeah. And we'll tell you how good our lives are. Knowing that none of you will care what we say. Exactly. What travel have you done? Oh, okay. Um, I think growing up, we explored a lot of Asia, Philippines and all the surrounding countries there. I've done Europe twice. I've gone around Australia. I've gone to Vanuatu and a couple of those islands on a cruise. Cool. Um, And yeah, I've I've been to Rottnest. Wow. That's the
1: best one. Actually, Rottnest is amazing. It always holds a special place (laughs) in my heart. And I even consider that to be traveling. If only
0: we could share the stories of our times in Rottnest.
1: (laughs) So for me, I've done bits of travel, but mostly I've lived my whole life in Perth. East coast, I've done all those cities quite a few times and trips over there. In Asia, I haven't done a lot, just Singapore, Thailand, and I went to Laos because my sister used to live in Laos, which is really cool. I've been to the US and Canada. I've been all up through Canada from basically west coast to east coast, and I've done three trips to Europe, which is quite a lot. Now that I think I was going to say that is quite, you know, a lot. I didn't think I'd done a lot of travel, and but you
0: are a middle-aged man. So you've been around, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got a few years on you, sunny boy.
0: <laughs> Again, therapist hat on. Let's start this conversation by a nice little icebreaker to really <laughs> draw the emotions out of us.
1: I love an icebreaker. So
0: I've thought of something that no one's ever asked before. Okay. So my hypothetical is if you were stuck on an island. Mm-hmm. A deserted island.
1: Right, okay.
0: What three items would you bring?
1: Okay, I haven't thought of an answer yet. I want you to go and then I'll try and think of something.
0: Oh, classic. Yeah, all right. So I'll say the answer and then you paraphrase me, copy my answers, make it better, and then you get all the glory? Exactly. Just like us at work. <laughs> um, okay. One, I hate that question. Uh, I think it's You the- fucking answered it. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you asked it. <laughs> yeah, but... I I think there's a few ways to address this question. It could be really boring and practical, which none of you want to hear about, or it could be out there and interesting. Okay. I like to think I'm a very progressive thinker and I like to think outside the box. Sure. So for me, um, I'll, I'll bring one really useful item and that would be a Swiss army knife. Okay. What are you doing with that? I'm not sure because I've never actually had one before. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of time to practice, so. <laughs> I know they've got like yeah, different components on it. Sure, sure. And I assume those components will be helpful in the activities that I'll be doing on the island. Yeah,
1: like picking leeches or like, fleas off yourself
0: or something, like a pair of tweezers. And I've watched Man vs. Wild before, so.
1: You know, I used to have a Swiss Army knife. My dad gave me one when I was a boy and it had a toothpick, a removable toothpick and a removable pair of tweezers. It was pretty cool.
0: That is fucking terrifying because yeah. there's a lot of like sharp objects. So the fact that you're putting that near your mouth.
1: Yeah. It was made of plastic and it was so thick you couldn't put it like it it wasn't useful at all to clean your teeth. Oh. You well,
0: I'm not taking that knife with me. I'm taking like the top notch proper Swiss army knife.
1: All right. So you've got a Swiss army knife. Yeah. What else do you have?
0: So because this is my hypothetical, it means that all answers are on the table. So I, okay. my, my second item is a tent and mattress. Okay, I'm classing that as one item. That's two items. No, 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 no. If you go to Kathmandu, you can buy a two in one set. Right. So that still classes one item.
1: Oh, so you're just taking the one box as opposed to. Yeah. It. So yeah. you're not even. So you're gonna unwrap it on the island. Yeah. Wait. Do you have a pair of scissors to get through I've the sticky tape? I've got a Army
0: knife. Oh
1: yes. This How could a, I forget? There you go. It's an accumulative list.
0: Yeah. So attention mattress. Very important. I thought bug spray was going to be something that I'd. Want to bring? Because that does sound really important on an island. Well, I think that's what kills people. Melanoma. not mel- Not melanoma. Mela, ma- 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 malaria. Malaria. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. If you're on well. a
0: deserted island, deserted, desert, you'll be desert to the insects. <laughs> we cannot speak.
1: <laughs> um, so tent
0: and mattress. I'll have a comfortable sleep. I'll be able to zip myself up, and I won't have to face the elements. Perfect. And then my third item that I'll bring is a solar powered iPhone.
1: That hasn't been invented, has it? Yeah, but
0: this is a hypothetical scenario. This
1: is ridiculous. You're just making things up now. No,
0: so a solar-powered iPhone, I know I wouldn't get internet, but at least I could listen to music or, I don't know, occupy myself somehow.
1: That works. It's not remotely funny, but it works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay,
1: those are good items. So you're not aiming to get rescued, though. You're aiming to keep yourself amused.
0: Well, I, I did think about bringing a bomb. So I- What? A bomb? Or like some sort of explosive device. Are you fucking kidding me? What would you do with that on an island? Like throw it into the ocean and make a big That's ridiculous. That's one of your items gone. Yeah, yeah. But a bomb, like the submarines or the the nautical people would be able to pick that up.
1: (laughs) What, your strategy to get rescued is to focus on the marine-like life submarines? Yeah. I thought you would have gone for like-
0: Air. No, you need to get attention if you want to be rescued. Sure, but what about a flare gun? Flare guns are not useful. You can't see them from like a kilometre away. They're the international sign
1: of like literally being trouble in the marine.
0: Yeah, well, a fucking bomb is going to get someone's attention (laughs) better than a flare.
1: That is so inappropriate. It could create a tidal wave and knock
0: out fucking Hawaii. Well, they'll have to find the source of where that tidal wave's come from.
1: Well, when you've got hundreds of thousands of people dead, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. I think so. And there's some Filipino stuck on an <laughs> island somewhere.
0: Racist. Think outside the box,
1: mate. I, can, <laughs> I love that your idea is to chuck a bomb in the water. Also, if you've just got the bomb and you're on the island by yourself, how fucking far can you throw it? You're more likely <laughs> to blow up half the island, you idiot. <laughs> You're gonna create a tighter wave. Okay, it's gonna so, go straight
0: back onto the island. And so kill I'm gonna you. bring a bomb. I'm gonna bring a catapult. Oh, okay. There's two euros. Right and I'm gonna sport. bring a strong man to put that together for me.
1: <laughs> a strong man and a catapult. What fucking century are you in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing those people like with the clubs and like a
0: little loin cloth, a little like, Tarzan. Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Um, Let's hear your brilliant answers then. Well, what about food and water? Um, Cause you'll die before you get a chance to use... No, nah, I've got remote. the Swiss army knife. I can kill animals. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Well, I actually thought my original thought was a flare gun. I know before you started talking about bombs and everything. I think a flare gun. And I think... Uh, I've read a lot of survival stories or I've listened to a lot of survival podcasts, I should say, I should point out. And most of the people who get rescued mention like the one chance that they had uh, and you have to wait for that right moment. So it could be within the first few hours if there's a search out.
0: But with a flare gun, do you only have one bullet or one? Uh, I think it's a one use thing. Yeah, I think you might be right. But that's what I mean.
1: I want to have the flag on there in case there's has any sort of activity in the sky. And unlike you, I'm going to be looking in the sky and not underwater, which I just think is crazy. Rookie move. Submarines,
0: like, I, how likely is that going to be? Hey, submarines can pick up a lot of shit. Bombs underwater. Can't yeah. believe it. But, I mean, what else is a submarine used for? Like, Australia Spying. spending $13 billion over the next 20 years oh, here to buy we go. these submarines. This is a political podcast now. Well, I mean, if they're buying those submarines, that means if I'm on a deserted island. Yeah,
1: but those submarines are what, what the government says, the federal government and the AUKUS says, is to protect us from the expansion of China in the Asian Pacific. Not to fucking
0: look for you on an island. Yeah, but if they hear a bomb in the water, they'll be like, oh, fuck, red alert. <laughs> it might be China. Let's investigate. I don't think they're ever going to think China's going to try and invade Australia
1: by dropping bombs into the water right near their own country.
0: Are you kidding me? What else are they going to do?
1: Uh, an airstrike? Yeah, but if you... A <laughs> nuclear airstrike, which I think is the most logical explanation. <laughs> do you think anyone from China is listening to this podcast?
0: I think we should expect <laughs> a phone call in the next 20 minutes. Uh-oh. We're going to be censored. Do you, this- know, do you know who the leader of China is? Um, General Xi, Emperor Xi.
1: Oh, shit. I was thinking of North Korea. Oh, I just thought mate. of Kim Jong-un. But yeah, you might be right. Xi... Anyway, what other three items did you bring? Up? <laughs> Thank you, she. We love you. Okay, moving on. Back to a gay boy on an island. Um, I've got a flare gun. <laughs> How camp of you. <laughs> Look, if you're going to take a solar powered phone, I want a solar powered TV with Netflix capability. I think that's a one up from a phone because. I need a big screen. I need to watch shows. I need some sort of internet connection. If you're going to do the tent and mattress in one, then I can do internet connection, TV and everything in <laughs> one as well. Okay. Yeah, sure. This is my rule. So I'll allow it. Okay. So i got a flare gun. I got something to keep me occupied. And do you know what? I would have said like a book that I could just read over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
0: pretty boring. No, you've said it. You're taking that item. It's done. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it is pretty boring.
0: So I would. where are you going to gonna sleep? What are you going to eat?
1: I'll sleep on the sand.
0: You're gonna die. Malaria. Why? Hypothermia.
1: Um I no, I've watched a lot of Survivor. I'm gonna use those um, bamboo leaves, put them over me, and I'll make natural insect repellent from a paste
0: of like dead insects and some sea anemones that I find. That sounds like you're a paste of dead insects. You're yeah. gonna be eaten alive by a tiger. But insects don't eat themselves. Yeah, but we don't know what's That's on this my island. theory. That's They're, my theory. There are very carnivorous animals. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can I just take us back? This is meant to
1: be about an episode of travelling. And all of a sudden, all we've travelled to is an imaginary island. We need to get this back on track. All right. Bring us home. All right. So, those are my items. I'm going to do a book that I can't stop reading, a flare gun, and a TV. So, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I've got some more questions about travelling. Actual travelling now, not metaphorical travelling. Okay. What's your funniest traveling story or a story that you're just most proud of when you're traveling? Oh,
0: I've got an example for both.
1: You only get one.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll do the proud one. I, I love this story because it's done a lot for me. Um, when I went to Phuket probably about five or six years ago, I went with a mate. And we hit up Tinder. I ended up matching with this girl in Phuket uh, and she was from Spain.
1: Hola. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to think of the word hello in Spanish and it took me four to five seconds.
0: Sorry, that's how quick I am That is mic. so funny. That is shocking. So anyway, I matched with her and we ended up hanging out with her and her friend who was from Sweden and the four of us got along really well.
1: Cool. Group situation. Kinky. I oh, like I that. wish.
0: Uh, no, nothing sexual happened, but- Naturally. We got along really well. We hung out for the next few days and myself and Maria, we ended up being really good friends by the end of that trip and kept in contact for about five or six years. Last year, I went to Paris and visited her there. Long story short, we managed to keep this really cool friendship and figured out that we would both be in her hometown, Madrid, at the same time towards the end of my trip. And so I ended up going there and I stayed with her and her family for a few days. And I just found it so amazing. She introduced me to all her friends. They showed me around the city, like the opportunity to explore a city with a local for me, just trumps any other experience that you can have while traveling. Definitely. I'm very grateful for that relationship and I just find it crazy how that started off something like a dating app.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. A dating app for someone who wasn't interested in you. Have you got any? (laughs) It sounds like
0: all your stories. We could do a whole episode in itself (laughs) about that. That's
1: cool. That is cool. And you're correct. It is better traveling, like, you know, visiting a local in their city. You get to understand so much of the city, see so many sides of it that you normally wouldn't. And maybe just understand, like, the nuance of their culture as well a little bit better. That's a cool one. Same question for me, but I chose to answer kind of the funny version. You know what? Actually, this story fits both of those versions. It's kind of a little bit funny, but also I'm really proud of what happened. And so I'll set the scene. It was 2014. I had been approved to work on the Camp America counselor program. Is
0: that America collection of gay people? Camp America? No, it's
1: not. It's <laughs> it's the it's camp. A really low. That's a really bad joke. It's the camp systems like all through the States where they get international workers, basically people between the ages of 18 and 25 to work for near minimum wage. It's not even minimum wage. Like it's crazy low, but basically you work for three months straight and you get like, I don't know, 2000 US dollars, but you work very hard. So I worked on a camp in Santa Mauritius, which is about an hour and a half out of New York City. And I used to catch the train every weekend straight into Manhattan. And before I went to America, I I saw that the Beyonce and Jay-Z were doing a joint concert in New Jersey and I got tickets. When I went over to the States, I had to work out if I could get from the camp in Santa Mauritius all the way down through the state and to New Jersey and it just so happened that the timing worked out, but it was really rough. The concert was on Friday night at 7pm. We got let go from the camp at noon on Friday. So I had seven hours to make it to the stadium. I remember when the the buzzer went, you were allowed to leave campgrounds. I booked a taxi, went straight to the train station, caught a train right into Manhattan. In that stage, I had to drop all my bags off, check into a hostel check out, go back to Central Station and then work out how to catch the train from Manhattan to New Jersey, which I hadn't practised, and then try to get to a specialised train station, which only operates when there's a concert in the area. Anyway, the timing was really tight and I got lost when I was in New York trying to find my hostel. So I lost like an hour and a half and I was really stressed, but I finally managed to put my bags down. And by the time I got back to New York, Grand Central Station in New York, I was running pretty late. And I sat next to someone who was, um, I assumed, non-English speaking, that were reading a book in, an, in another language and they, they I, I kind of thought... I might struggle here if I need to ask for directions with this person. Anyway, everything's going well. The Train comes up into New Jersey. So I'm in the right state and I can see literally the signs. I must have been looking at the side of the road, but I could see where the stadium was kind of going and I could see another direction. Anyway, the train's coming up and we pull off in the wrong direction. I'm pretty sure we're going the wrong way. Oh, that's right. No, a station was coming up where I definitely needed to change. And instead of slowing down, straight through the station. And I was getting a bit stressed because I really needed to make this concert. The timing was really tight. And I turned to the person who was reading that book in a foreign language and I said, oh, hi, um, do you know why the train didn't stop at that station? Because that was the one I needed to get off to get to the special concert, blah, blah, blah. And they said, um... Oh, you've actually caught an express train. This train doesn't stop for seven more stations. It's for people who live in New Jersey and work in New York. It's like a way for us to catch the to get into the Manhattan really quick. And I was like, What? Like, my face just like the color just drained from my face. And I had been looking forward to this concert for so long and I knew the timing was so tight. And the idea that I was about to be so far into the depths of New Jersey, I just thought, what the hell am I going to do? Anyway, station after station passes by. I'm getting more and more upset. By the time we get to this station, I'm just like, you know, I'm despondent. I think, oh, I'll catch the bus. I'll try not to get a, a taxi, which I don't even know if a taxi is going to get me there in time. Bus shelter is closed. No one's on. And only a few people get off this station. It's like a country – it's it's pretty rural, mm. let me put it that way. Two people are at the bus station with me and one person gets picked up and there's just me and another girl. And I'm just like – with my head in my hands, like, I fucking just ruined this concert. Anyway, she gets picked up and it's a pretty cool car. It's like almost a convertible, but yeah, the door opens and they're really playing like Beyonce music really loudly and she's getting in and she's going, yeah, I'm really excited. And my ears kind of prick up from the other side of the road. And I was like, this this chick, I've, I was probably like 23. She mm. must have been about 21. And I walked across the road and I knocked on the window before they drove off and I said, um excuse me, are you going to the Beyonce concert? They said, well, why are you asking? And I guess I would have been a bit threatening at that point because they don't know me. Yep. And I said, look, I'm from Australia. I got these tickets ages ago. I just got on the wrong train. I am I know where, where I need to be. And I was getting like almost upset because I was – thought I was gonna miss a concert. And she goes, Well, show me your ticket to to say that you're going, like before I drive you. And I didn't have my ticket because I had to pick oh, it up at no. this thing. And I was like, I haven't got anything to show you and I don't have access to my emails. But there was one thing that I did the night before I left for the concert. I used to change the wallpaper on my iPhone to like my favorite celebrity or something I was looking forward to. So I just so happened to change it to Beyonce and I like showed her and she looked at it and she was like, okay, get in the back. And they drove me to the concert. No
0: no way. I'm
1: not even joking. That story is like fucking amazing.
0: That was a very long story, but really cool at the end. That's a condensed version. Like, it normally fuck. goes for 25 it's minutes. his story catching a train and missing a stop. Like, <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. But no, that's really cool. And I think the, the beauty or the amazing part of travel is the people that you meet, right? Exactly. Like you could go to the Eiffel Tower. You can go to Madison Square Garden. But the true experience is is the people that you meet and the, the shared experience that you have with other people. So a story like that is, yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing, but very long. <laughs> so we have, I have some other questions. I've
1: thought of a question for you. What's a particularly low point when you've been traveling or a time where you felt most defeated? Most
0: defeated. Okay, my first ever solo trip to Europe in 2016, I almost had this air, well, I was 21 at the time, no, not even. I was 20 at the time. What? It's fucking Benjamin Button in here. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. I, I think it's an Australian thing. We have this air of arrogance when yes. we travel. We think yes. we're the coolest people, probably because we are really cool people. Quite loud as well. Quite loud and almost... Exacerbated um, by alcohol, usually. Yeah, and there's almost this air of invincibility that we have. So that, that first day... Right. Went to London, was by myself, checked into the hostel, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go around and see the sights. I'm going to go to the London Eye. So here I am, dressed up, ready to go. I'm at the London Eye, take a few photos, and out of the corner of my eye, I see these people dressed up as Shrek characters.
1: And at oh, the time,
0: I know what's going to happen. At the time, I loved Shrek. Like, it, it's just such a funny movie. And so I saw them. I can them.
1: totally picture you being infatuated with Shrek, by the way. <laughs> You look like you could be a character from <laughs> Shrek. One of the ogres.
0: Perhaps. One of the King's Charles. King Charles? King King Charles is... King Prince, Charles is the actual king. Prince Charming, I meant to say. Oh,
1: okay. The small one with the big jawline.
0: <laughs> it's Lord Farquaad. Oh, Anyway, yeah. this is not a Shrek podcast. Yeah. So I see these Shrek characters, and my eyes light up, and I'm like, oh, my God. How cool. And they see that excitement in Mm -hmm. my eyes. There were four Mm -hmm. like old ladies. They come up to me and they're like, oh, do you like our outfits? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I love Shrek. They're like, oh, where are you from? And they were like really engaging. I'm like, I
1: bet they were. I love
0: traveling. People are so amazing. So I was engaging (laughs) conversation with them. We were chatting for about 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, you're so cool. Like, do you want to take a photo with us? And I was like, do I want to take a photo with you? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I got my phone out. We took a selfie. And I'm like, oh, well, I better go. But it was so lovely to meet you guys. And they're like, oh, you need to pay us. The tone completely changed. They grabbed me and they're like, no, you need to pay us. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? No, you need to pay us. You took a photo with us. But you said I could. And it started to get really intense. Like, no, you need to pay us. Otherwise, that man over there is going to have a word with you. And it was like a, not a bodyguard. What do you call Like a a chaperone? Like a, a hustler kind oh, of guy. Oh, like a pimp. Mm. Were
1: they prostitutes? No. Did you do more than just take a photo with them? Because <laughs> you're going to come out with some really green Something babies. about Shrek
0: just really turns me <laughs> on.
1: But I know exactly what you're talking about. Did you say you are in London at that point? Because mm. uh, I went to America and in Times Square, same thing. Elmo, Big Bird, all those kind of characters and they really do shake you down for mm. all your worth and they get aggressive. Yeah. So you were saying these were old ladies?
0: Yeah, yeah. They were like Eastern Europeans. It turns oh. out they were gypsies and I got gypsied. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And they ended up taking like a hundred pounds from my wallet.
1: Are you kidding mm. me? A hundred pounds? Yep. That's a lot of money. Yeah,
0: it is a lot of money. That was an
1: expensive photo. Do you still have it? <laughs> I do still have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you ever display it or are you just too too ashamed?
0: No, yeah, I, I did display Player and it was I, I turned it into a positive because that story was before I went on this and oh and okay. that was like my icebreaker story to everyone about being gypsied and it became a running joke throughout the trip. So,
1: wait, are we allowed to say being gypsyed or is that
0: offensive? I think it is a verb. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's in the dictionary. <laughs> I don't think it's offensive. I feel like gypsies would find it offensive, but they probably don't listen to this. Yeah, podcast. they don't listen to technology. I
1: don't know what I don't really know what gypsies do. Are they? The travelling people in caravans.
0: Yeah, they live off the land. They believe in this tokenistic economy where everything sort of exchanges, and but then some stuff is also stolen. No, they see that as that's their job. That's their work. Oh, they see themselves as
1: relieving people of their items as their work.
0: No, their their job <laughs> sounds is like a to, thief. Yeah, their, their job is to get money off people. Like that's just a job for them. They have right. Yeah. Okay. It's very common in Europe, America, not here in Australia. I very common. Really? Yeah. Like, we call them scammers is probably the more politically correct Oh, term. that's like a gypsy that's connected to the internet, like a
1: dot-com gypsy, <laughs> tapping away on the keyboard. Yeah,
0: the Nigerian prince, like. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely been done by one of those. I mean, uh, oh. online only, obviously, <laughs> but if any Nigerian princes legitimately wanna Nigerian princes want to hook up I might be interested. Yeah, no. But you'll never make that mistake again. I imagine every time you've seen those people in those concentrated tourist areas mm. that have costumes yep. or makeup yep. or whatever that's trying to draw you towards them. Yeah, definitely. Have you also been done by the people who they ask for directions or something? Oh, I can't remember. There's a scam where they come and ask for directions and then they basically, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that, and then it, they, it's you,
0: always like you're in a foreign country and then this – uh, well, my experience was this lady, very attractive, American accent. She's like, oh, do you speak English? And then that's the sort of cue in and you have a conversation yeah. with them. And yeah. Then, yeah. She knew her target audience. Yeah.
1: The other thing they do is like take a photo of you with your phone and they won't give you your phone back until you've given them money.
0: Oh, really? That's,
1: yeah, you got to watch out for that.
0: Yeah. They're very crafty, very creative. It gets to the point now, and this is probably a, a tip for people that travel. Basically, if anyone approaches you within a landmark situation, have your guide up they're most likely trying to get something out of you and they can be very creative. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, for example, like if you're at a bar and a semi-decent looking person walks up to you, just shut them down immediately, say no gypsy, I'm not engaging, walk away and just know that you've protected both your money and your virginity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, you're such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, let me flip that question back to you. What was your lowest point or a time that you have felt defeated traveling? I do remember a
1: time when I went to Berlin. I was kind of living, staying in London at the time. And I decided to do a trip to Berlin for three weeks in the middle of winter. Didn't pack nearly enough like warm clothes so, like, I had a crappy pair of thermal underwear and I basically wore that thin layer over, like, a T-shirt and a zip-up jacket in Germany when it was snowing
0: in Berlin. Wait, you wore underwear and a jacket?
1: No, thermal underwear is not – it's not underwear that, like, you – not not. Breathe. Is that, like, a G-Bang? No. <laughs> no, I wore that elsewhere in the club. No, no, thermal underwear is this concept – it's definitely gone out of vogue now. I don't think it was ever in vogue, but – it's basically like a long sleeve T-shirt and long john trousers that go, go skin thermal underwear. Then you put your pants on
0: over top of that. It sounds like fucking Superman with his tights and wearing his underwear outside. Not too dissimilar from that. <laughs> I can't
1: believe you didn't have thermal underwear.
0: It was no. like a staple. Of Is, like, it Was it, it? Was it now a it staple? Was. You, right, pack my bags. I've got my passport. I've got my carry on. And well, you thermal were, underwear.
1: <laughs> I thought that everyone wore thermal underwear. <laughs> the more I say it, the more I'm like, does this word even exist? Thermal <laughs> underwear. I feel like I'm. Trying to say thermos. (laughs) Anyway, basically, I was ill prepared for the German cold. And I also didn't speak German or couldn't basically read any signs or interpret them. So, after a long day of trying to catch the subway, which they call like the U-Bahn and the S-Bahn, I'd gotten lost several times. I really needed to get back to my hotel. I was running out of patience and human warmth. And basically, I was one stop away and the The subway stopped and the doors opened and all of a sudden everybody cleared the car. And I thought, wow, that was really weird. Everyone got off the car at the same time. And there was an announcement in German and then everyone walked off. And I thought, those two things are not related. (laughs) I've only got one stop to go. I'm really looking forward to getting home. It hadn't been a great day. And then the doors closed. And you know how like the subway usually moves in one direction, right? Right. Well, all of a sudden it fucking starts moving in the opposite direction. So it's going backwards and I was like, what the fudge? And basically what I didn't know was that there was ice on the tracks and it couldn't go any further. I then had to take a replacement bus, which took an hour to get to my stop. And it's just one of those moments where I was like, I kept reflecting back to that moment when everyone left the train and I didn't. And it's like, because you don't understand the language, You normally follow the crowd, but I think on that day I was just like so committed to be like, well, my stop's only one
0: stop further. And yeah,
1: I was feeling pretty blue. (laughs) Wasn't a
0: great day. So from your anecdotes so far in this story, apart from being useless on a desert island, sounds like you're fucking terrible at public transport.
1: Yeah, I am pretty bad at public transport. That's a fact. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fact. (laughs) All right. So thinking about your trip coming up, Josh, Mm. why... What's the reason for this trip? Is it a quarter-life crisis? Are you running away from something like a failed relationship?
0: Oh, God, I would have done that years ago. (laughs) A failed
1: podcast, perhaps?
0: I think for me, it's always been something that I've wanted to do, probably since high school. I've always had this fascination with European culture. I've been to Europe twice now, and both times I've come back and said, yeah, this is what I want to do. For me, it's not running away from anything. It's the life experience I want to get, and I know. Well, I, I've have I've been having this battle the last twelve months around. Why do I actually want to do this? Because you know, even now thinking about it, it it's almost become too real. Um, yeah, well, it, it's coming up. It's be, it's become real. You've got the acceptance letter to
1: Hogwarts, basically.
0: Mm, and I've I've procrastinated this decision for probably the last four years now and and the the pandemic happened because, yeah, I was meant to do it in 2021. And I think for me, my life here in Australia is amazing. Great family, great friends, great career. This is probably the best place in the world to live, the most livable city. And for me, I reflect on it and I think, why am I running away from this? Mm. And it's a, yeah, it's a confronting thought to have, but I know it's something that I need to do. And I think part of it, talking with my psych the reason why or what I want to achieve out of this trip is similar to the things that we've talked about before around being self-sustainable and okay in my own company. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I have the – this is going to sound really arrogant, but I think my life is too good here for me to learn that lesson by just being here. I have friendships on tap. I have activities on tap. And I think the only times in my life where I have felt okay being by myself are the times that I've solo travelled.
1: Is that because you're forced to go out there and and spend time by yourself or you feel like to put yourself in an environment when you're travelling, there's much more pressure on you to be comfortable being alone?
0: Mm, There's two sides, right? And we've talked about some of the difficulties or the panic attacks that I've had previously. But it's almost the novelty of being in a new place, the novelty or the opportunity to meet new people is strong enough for me to feel okay in that environment of being by myself. Whereas okay. here, if I'm by myself, I can just switch open my phone and you know, I could catch up with whoever I want or do whatever I want. Right, okay. So by moving overseas, I'll be living on my own. I won't have any friends or a network. I'm basically starting my life from scratch. No one's going to know who I am. No one's going to know my reputation. And that in itself is such an intimidating thought. Is it also an exciting thought knowing that you can
1: reinvent a part of yourself or present a part of yourself? Or are you looking to just be fully authentically
0: you in a different environment? I'd say the latter. Okay. I, I don't think that excitement is there as much as I know deep down I'm really excited for this trip, but right now there's a lot of dread. And what are the biggest things you're worried about for this trip? Missing out on life here. The thought of saying goodbye to my friends and my family for 12 months. I, I don't like talking about it with my friends. I, I don't talk about it much with you as well. Like, I,
1: True. We haven't spoken much more ab- other than the
0: pragmatics of doing this podcast and what our friendship would look like mm, in that it, sense. It's almost like I'm going to have to put my life on hold here for 12 months. Sure. And so
1: worried about missing out on events, like friends, friends getting married and having kids or no, missing out on something else in Perth? Oh,
0: I can't. I can't put my finger on it. But yeah, it's almost like, you know, I'm not going to be here and life is just going to move on.
1: Yeah. It's a hard concept.
0: What am I going to do when I experience crises or, or yes. things in Europe? I'm, I'm not going to have my friendship circle here to bounce off on. I'm not going to get that emotional support. I'm going to be in a country where everyone speaks a different language. There's a whole different culture.
1: Yeah. Well, what about, I mean, what about the thought of what if you don't make the friends like you you want to? What if you don't meet those people that you click with? Is that a concern? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I'd be stressed about that. Yeah. I've never ever struggled like in, in my adult years to make friendships.
1: I don't think you'll struggle in Germany either. You're so personable. Like, you're going to make friends wherever you go. And I know me saying that probably doesn't help to squash those fears. Mm. But but it's a different culture. It is a different culture. But you've also been taking German lessons, haven't you? Right. And you've been to Germany recently. Yep. And you get along with a lot of the people that come out of that country. Yep. So I feel like you must be surely being reinforced every time that you meet someone that's from Germany and you get along with them and you have those similarities that you, it's probably the right country for you.
0: I, th- I think so. But yeah, there is this thought in the back of my mind around what if I do a few months there and I hate it. And I think the insurance was, I could always come back, but I'm forking out a lot of money for this course as well. And it's going to be a nine month course. Are you like paying all of it up front? Basically? Yeah. I to, yep.
1: Oh, so if you come back, it's only a year. It's only a year. It's only a year. And you'll be like, surely, will you be having friends come over from Perth to visit you? Like, are you going to have like a two-bedroom apartment or are you going to have a space where people can come and stay with you? Because surely that's going to invite a lot of friends.
0: Yeah, I I hope so. I I know there's a lot of talk about friends coming over. and I I know once I'm there, it's going to be fine. But I think the thought of being alone for those first few weeks where I'm trying to settle in, find my feet, Mm. that. It's terrifying for me.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a scary concept. It sounds like a scary concept. What do you think your life will look like day to day when you get to Germany? Like what city are you living
0: in? I'll be going to Munich. Okay.
1: Have you been to Munich before?
0: Yeah, I've spent quite a, a lot of time there. What's the vibe of the city? Um, really relaxed, really great people. Is it's, it like
1: a small or a large city or like a large town? It's, I don't it's know a large it.
0: city. I think Munich is in the top 10 for the most livable cities. It's a very safe city. There's okay. a lot of opportunity there, a lot of big companies that work there. And I think it helps knowing that I'll be going to a university there and studying.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're going to be forced interactions with people. Yeah,
0: and it's going to give me a sense of purpose and a sense of routine as well.
1: Are you going to do these cool icebreakers, but in German? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you say yes in german is it ja? it's ja. okay nine and tell us about your ability to speak the mother tongue the mother tongue well that's what they call it isn't it
0: yeah so i've been taking german lessons for the last seven or eight months now and i think i'm getting there I've, i've been talking to a lot of german speaking people online and practicing my german
1: would you like to practice live on air with me
0: well, what would you like me to say? Would you like me to introduce <laughs> the podcast in German? Yeah, really? and why
1: not? We haven't we haven't planned <laughs> that, but can you do it?
0: Wait, I got to think for a bit. Okay, um, I'm going to really struggle with this, and I think I'm going to alienate a lot of the German listeners with this terrible attempt at.
1: Okay, uh, stop trying to save face. Okay. Just go into
0: it. Um, hello, and willkommen to the We Need Therapy podcast. Ich bin Joshua, and ihr er ist Jordan Hitch. Uh, Er ist mein colleague uh, and und er beruf ist Physiotherapeutin. Oh. Uh, ich bin Ergotherapeutin. Uh, fuck. This is this, this is really hard. It's this he um, is he is this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, danke, and ich ich helfen zu this podcast um Please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck me, that was just like we were introducing the podcast. <laughs> it was that bad? Very interesting.
0: So, so you if have if friends. So that if someone asks me about me and you when I'm in Germany, I can whip that off easy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. You might not make any mates.
1: Okay, I'm interested to see people that speak German send us your thoughts
0: on that. So you're basically fluid. Hundred oh, <laughs> percent. <laughs> So, I I wanted to pick your brains because you've solo travelled before. You've lived overseas before. What are some tips or experiences that you've had that you can pass on?
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So, like, all right. Yes, I have spent extended periods away from home. The Camp America trip was, like, six months, I think. And then I did one to the UK, which is about the same. So, yeah. Look, I don't know. I feel like anything I say is going to be really cheesy, but hitting the nail on the head, you need locals to show you around, to help you understand the culture and to just show you all the cool places that you otherwise wouldn't go to. And the only way to do that is to put yourself out there and you have to be really vulnerable. I remember when I was traveling in the states, I would again, back in 2014, I didn't have access to the internet and all the social meetup apps that we have now. They were around, but I just didn't have access to them all the time. I used to take a book and go and read in a bar and literally wait for people to either like talk to me if I was in a gay bar or I would approach them at the bar and it's really putting yourself out there. Mm. I remember I went to this one bar, wasn't in a particularly well-known area. It was a gay bar. So I felt pretty comfortable. I was drinking, I was reading my book and I um, I saw some people come up to the bar. I was kind of sitting at the bar. There was a group of them and I just kind of like put my book down and tried to look cool, kind of leant over and said like, oh, hi, like I'm also grabbing a drink. I'm from Australia. And they ended up being a really cool group of people. They invited me to a party back on the Upper East Side. It was a really great night. But there was that moment when I put the book down and had to like just fully go for it. You just have to approach people and basically sell yourself. I used to have a bit of a a story that I would sell. You know, it was my actual life, but it made it sound the best version. I used to say, you know, I'm here working for a camp with children with disabilities. I'm from this part of Australia and I'm looking to meet people do you guys know anyone that I can meet basically? And that really helped me to have some of the best nights of my life, but you do need to be willing to go out there on the front foot Mm. and just, you just got to open yourself up, jump into the whatever social circle that you think you might gel with. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, that's part of that self discovery that I want to challenge myself is having to be vulnerable and having to approach people like, that for me, i terrified of having to do that. I don't do that here in Australia, mm. but it's almost like over there, I'm going to have to force myself to do that, to build those networks, build those friendships. And yeah, I mean, it's a really exciting opportunity to push myself to learn those things because I don't think I'll learn that here.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you're going over there because you want to force yourself into an environment where you do lots of growth, mm. lots of change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. I mean, I've also thought about similar things in my own life recently, but yeah, I mean, maybe for for slightly different reasons, but I I can see why you're choosing to do this now. Mm. Why do you think you're going to do it now when you're 28 and not when you're
0: like 32? I think for me, I have a vision of myself, like Ideally, this was going to happen in 2021. So, you know, You're, in my mid 20s. Right. Okay. Obviously, the pandemic happened. So, it's a matter of if this doesn't happen now. When will it happen? Yeah. It probably won't happen down in the future. Like, well, ideally, have a partner, have a family. I feel like that's the next stage of my sure, life. Sure, sure. And that's the, the pathway that I want to go down. And when that happens, that's going to be my focus. So, for now, I've only got a few more years left in me before you die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you say it like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think for me, the timing is right now. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So so logistically,
1: what are you going to be doing? What are you actually studying when
0: you get to Munich? So I'm studying my master's in marketing. What? It is on face value, completely different to what I do now. But I think for me, I wanted to do my master's in business or my, my MBA, but that the timeframes didn't really work out. I don't want to spend more than 12 months in Europe. I want to come back here. And so when I looked into it, I think the principles and the ideology around marketing is such a fascinating concept to me. I think I market myself quite well here in Australia. I've got a particular brand. I've got a really strong network in the field that I work in. And I think that's a strength of mine. So to have the literature or the, the theories and the knowledge to strengthen that, I think I can take that degree and those musings back here and apply it to my current workplace. I'm also studying to be a marriage celebrant as well. I know,
1: you're all over the shop. You're like squiddly diddly. You've got (laughs) so many things on the go. Yeah. How's it going to be
0: like to go back
1: to being a student, go back to university life? Because you haven't done that for quite a while. No. And we enjoy a lot of freedoms, working full time. Well, I say we work full time, but most of the time it's just you and me kind of at the beach or (laughs) taking RDOs.
0: But- there's that financial component that, as well. Well, exactly.
1: You're a senior now. You're on a good salary. You're going to go back to being a student. Is there welfare in Germany that you can access? I oh, imagine not as an international student.
0: No, no. It would have to be something that, yeah, I'll have to completely find myself. And I can't work as a health professional there because as much as that amazing dialogue there, I'm not fluent in the language. So I can't. Oh well, yeah. What's a registration
1: quality? like? Could you just switch over the registration?
0: No, you couldn't. Any practicing health profession, you need to be fluent in the... Oh, okay. Local language. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. That makes sense. because
0: um, when you think about us working in disability, like yeah. I know Germany's great at English, but Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So you're going to have to make decisions about what you can and can't afford, right? Cuz you're going over with savings from here from mm. Perth.
0: Okay. And I don't know what I'm going to do for work there. Like I've never worked in hospitality or Oh, can you retail. work
1: on a visa? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, the the exciting thing is um, when I did my interview last week, I asked that question and they said, oh, the course is going to be a night course, so 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Monday to Friday. Oh, wow. So we can give you the opportunity to do an internship throughout the day.
1: Oh, an internship. Yeah, so
0: they can hook me up with, like, big companies there and I'll do an internship, which isn't going to be amazing pay, but at least it's something.
1: Okay, fun question. You've only got a few seconds to have a think and then you have to answer. Okay. You're working in Munich – picture what that looks like what job do you have tell me in three two
0: one um something marketing consultant
1: oh okay oh you are you going to go straight into the job that you're studying
0: that's what the internship
1: oh wait a minute i was thinking like you're going to get like a part-time job to sustain yourself and it's not in marketing comms oh oh, okay yeah yeah all right okay you're in a german city of munich three two one what's your job tourist guide Oh, okay. Uh, Do you want to know what I was thinking for you? Stripper? No, definitely not. Because that Um, thoughts constantly through your head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm usually throwing up in the toilet. (laughs) No, what I was thinking of is you in a German bakery folding pretzels. With dough, like, I don't know, just in Liederhusen, yodeling. (laughs) Okay, so you reckon you're going to be a good uh, tourist guide, yep, and you've been to Germany a few times. Uh,
0: I've been twice, so I know the city inside out. What's a particularly famous part of the city that people go to? The English Garden. All right, we're at the English Garden, yep,
1: you're the tour guide, you got to speak for 30 seconds, and then we're going to give you tips at the end. So tell us, tell us about the English Garden.
0: Um, so the English Garden is a massive botanical garden in the middle of the city. Wow. It's a central hotspot for tourists and locals alike. Well, we know that because we're literally right here. What else <laughs> can you tell us about it? Wait, excuse me. This is not a comedy stand-up kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is definitely not comedy. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get berated (laughs) from the (laughs) self-saboteur just coming in. All right, what else? Uh, But basically, this is a hotspot for food. Uh, It's very common for tourists to come. You could, Mm. you know, have your beer, eat your pretzel. Wow. Uh, um, All the fun stuff here. Uh, You've thrown (laughs) me off. All the fun stuff. (laughs) Obviously, when I'm there, I'm going to be a bit better. You're going to
1: sell it. But I think
0: for me, it will have to be a job that's English speaking, right?
1: Yeah, because you speak English.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, retail's going to be hard, is going to be hard.
1: Well, hospitality is going to be really hard because your work hours are six to nine. Yeah. And that's yeah, not, ha- not going to happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. And then, like, the locals would speak German if I were to work in... Like, I thought maybe I could work at Lululemon or something. Um, really? Yeah. okay. Sure. I don't know why that idea popped in my head. I think just because I want the staff discounts. I feel like everybody that works in Lululemon, at least in Perth, is basically like- A blonde white bitch? Uh, female? Face.
1: <laughs> wow. And we just did the fucking feminism episode. How dare you? The patriarchy is alive and well. The patriarchy is alive and well. No, but they are those kind of young yogis that are like, yeah. Five foot eight. Mm, really into sound. Long hair, blue eyes, basically the Aryan race. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> that was really beautiful. We heard about your plans to, I don't know, cause a bit of a scene in Germany to learn a few things. And
0: if anyone wants to visit me in Germany from about September this year through to June next year,
1: hit me up. For sure. All right. Great episode. That's all I have to say. (laughs) We will see you next week. Auf Wiedersehen.
0: Buzi and baba.